Welcome to another in our series of podcast episodes. Uh, my name is Jadev Chiba, and today I have with me in the studio uh, Grant Phillips. Grant is the CEO of E4. Uh, welcome, Grant. Good to have you in the studio today. Jadev, thanks very much for having me. Awesome. Um, Grant, before we get into the detail of, of our, our topic today, which is really about the E4 vision, maybe you want to chat a little bit about what does E4 do? And, and, and you know, you've recently had um, an acquisition by Infinite Partners of E4. So let's talk a little bit about what that means for your company. Sydney, so, so Jadev, um, E4 was founded over 20 years ago now. Um, and originally, uh, the premise behind the opportunity was to effectively create a switch uh, to link at that stage the the lenders by and large being the banks with conveyances um, and attorneys in the home buying process. Uh, obviously, the the business has evolved uh, materially over the last twenty years, and we we've laid in a myriad of different value add solutions and, and products on top of that fundamental switch. Um, whereas now, you know, when we talk about E four. We kind of define it in three distinct areas. Uh, so we have that traditional, what we refer to as prop tech, okay. um, where we effectively provide a, a digital ecosystem for the home buying process, particularly on the fulfillment side. Uh, we're all stakeholders in the home buying process, the the lender, the conveyancer, the rates councils, the deeds office, and ultimately the home buyer effectively are able to communicate in a digital way through our platform to facilitate the home buying transaction. Uh, we also have uh, South Africa's largest uh, search and data aggregation platform in, in our SearchWorks business based down in Cape Town. Um, and a lot of that data underpins a lot of the insight that we create in that home buying ecosystem as well. So it's so very synergistic. Um, and quite recently, we've launched an international business, uh, which we'll get onto in, in a little bit more detail later, uh, where we've identified an opportunity in the UK uh, where we've partnered with the second biggest lender in the UK uh, to build out a very similar digital ecosystem, uh, albeit with a, a rather niche entry point into the market, uh, the strategy being very much one of land and expand, uh, but are creating an industry-wide platform in the UK to provide digital enablement for the home buying process as well. For now, you've been operating in South Africa predominantly. Absolutely. So we do have operations uh, in Mauritius and Namibia as well, okay. uh, but by and large, our, our PNL is, is a Zara-based PNL. Yeah. Um, just going back to the acquisition by Infinite Partners, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So um, around two years ago, um, kind of at the early stage of the pandemic. Uh, there was a massive uh, amount of focus and interest on prop tech globally mm. um, and prop tech enterprises. And, uh, you know, particularly in the US and the European markets, uh, obviously as a, as a prop tech business and at the forefront of, of digital enablement in the property sector in, in South Africa, uh, there was a lot of interest uh, in our enterprise um, and our previous shareholders and, and the board uh, decided to go to market um, there was a lot of uh, interest uh, in the asset. Uh, obviously, it, it ticks a number of boxes uh, from financial investors' perspective. You know, it's a high growth business, high margin, and, and highly cash convertive. Um, and we went through a, a quite a protracted process. Obviously, the pandemic didn't help. Uh, it's never easy yeah. doing transactions, and uh, when you've got these these kind of global issues at play. 
Um, so it, it took us close on 18 months to, to finalize the transaction. Uh, as I say, we had a number of interested parties and, you know, through, through infinite partners, I think we, we found a cap table that was, that was very much aligned to the strategy and the vision of the organization. Uh, they were very supportive of, of the leadership team. Uh, so we're very excited around what it means. Uh, you know, we've, we've had some really, really promising engagements uh, with the Infinite team as well as 27.4 who, who've come in behind Infinite Partners as, as part of the transaction. So, yeah, we're very excited. You know, they, they're very engaged, uh, you know, very supportive of our strategy, very supportive of our global expansion plan. So, so really excited around what the next few years means mm. for us. So if you, if you had to articulate the vision for the future, what, what would that vision be? So, you know, I think, uh, you know, whilst we are the dominant player in, in the South African prop tech ecosystem, uh, we do still see a number of areas of organic growth in the South African market in our core okay. business. Uh, you know, we've recently onboarded FNB um, as a client. It's, it's kind of been the, the last of the blue chip enterprises um, that we've partnered with now. So, you know, a really interesting roadmap ahead for us um, with FNB. We continue to to partner and evolve with the, the likes of Standard Bank and ABSA, who've been anchor tenants of ours for for over fifteen years. Uh, so, you know, when you, when we think about the future, where we think about where we're going, obviously South Africa will still play a very very key part, and we've got a very interesting growth story and narrative around that. Uh, we've also launched um, some early stage businesses in, in the digital onboarding space, uh, which for us is, is strategically important in that the digital onboarding service bus that we've created is, is industry agnostic. And we, we're starting to see some some data points and some relevance outside of our traditional playground being, being the property space. Um, and then also, obviously, the international play. Um, you know, it's, it is relatively early stage. We, we're looking to go into pilot in the back end of this year. Uh, but if we take a kind of three to five year lens, obviously the the art of the possible in, in a hard currency market that, that does around nine times more volume than the South African market is really, really interesting and really, really exciting for us. So, yeah, we, we, we're in a great place. Um, you know, we, we've spent the last two, two and a half years uh, kind of putting ourselves in a, in a great position to take advantage um, when the markets turn. Um, so yeah, so so we're really excited around what the infinite uh, partnership looks like for us and what it means to to enable the growth going forward. Mm. So I mean, if if I could summarize, it's it's largely about diversifying around your core business and then looking at the expansion beyond beyond the shores of South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think. Um, you know, when you look at the macroeconomic situation, not only in South Africa but globally at the at the moment, uh, it is depressed. Um, and I think when you look at our core business, we we do feel the brunt of some of these macro headwinds. Um, and strategically, you know, as a leadership team, we've been very proactive in terms of looking at differentiating and diversifying our revenue mix um, yeah. in the business. So it, it's been very intentional, very disciplined, and we'll continue to execute on that. Uh, obviously, our core business being in the prop tech space will continue to evolve and continue to grow sure. as the market does. Uh, but yes, it's something we've been very focused on in, in terms of creating diversified opportunities and, and looking at natural adjacencies and complementary industries to take some of the organizational capabilities and repurpose those in, in adjacent industries. Okay. Um, E4 has shown um, strong growth trajectory under your leadership. You know, So what are the factors that you believe contributed to that and 
How do you believe you can sustain that going into the future? Yeah, look, I, I think as an organization, one of the things we pride ourselves in is is positioning ourselves as strategic partners. Uh, you know, we are not vendors to our clients. Uh, we've got massive longevity in our relationships. Uh, you know, we we are very embedded um, and integrated in our client environments. Um, and quite often we are seen as part of their core banking systems. Mm. Um, but that really is on the back of, of leveraging these relationships and ultimately through creating value for our, for our client base. So, you know, that has allowed us to execute on this blueprint with our clients where we, we are able to layer in additional solutions and, and create value adds in areas of friction using digital enablement for our customer base. So, you know, yes, it's been very successful for us over the last uh, kind of four to five years. And, and as you say, the business has, sh- has shown some really impressive growth. Uh, but that being said, this is the start. Um, you know, we've got some really interesting early stage initiatives that once again will continue to add incremental value um, and that's outside of traditional industries and outside of traditional verticals that we've historically played in. So, so we're really excited around what that means. Um, and you know, the the execution plan against our strategy is is very compelling, and and obviously is a key part of of what Infinite Partners saw in the in the business. Um, so, you know, we're really looking forward to what the partnership means in terms of unlocking our ability to execute against that strategy and that vision. It's great to hear. So. You're a leader in the in the technology and financial services, property property services market. And what are some of the industry trends that you are observing um, in that property acquisition space? And um, how are you positioning yourself to capitalize it? I think you spoke a little bit about looking at where there's friction and 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 helping it lubricate that Absolutely. friction, if I could call it that. Yeah. So, look, I, I think. Uh, Everybody is is aware of some of the macro headwinds that are kind of kicking around in the market at the moment. And yes, as I say, th- this is not unique to South Africa. It is a global phenomenon. Uh, you know, we're seeing interest rates at levels we haven't seen since 2007. Um, and that obviously is creating a huge amount of pressure in the market uh, from a credit perspective. Obviously, affordability um, is a challenge. Uh, there are concerns from the lender's perspective around non-performing loans. So we are starting to see some depression in terms of activity in the home buying space. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, um, this is not our first rodeo. You know, we've been around for 20 years and, you know, we definitely view these macro headwinds as cyclical. Um, and, and history has proven that to be so. So, you know, as, as an organization, I think we focus very much on the controllables. Um, you know, there's yeah. certain aspects that happen to you. Um, and there's very little we as an organization can do to, you know, increase the number of home buying transactions in the market. Um, so we focus at, at times like these on controllables, looking at unlocking additional value for our clients um, in depressed markets uh, where we are seeing a contraction in, in the number of home buying transactions. And we really see this kind of contraction or the, this kind of rebasing uh, post-pandemic uh, to be around probably for another 12, potentially another 18 months. Okay. Uh, I know there is talk of a one more rate increase. Um, and, and ultimately, the, the consumer, the man on the street is, is struggling. 
You know, the, the cost of living is increasing. Uh, the cost of credit is increasing. And that's absolutely having an impact, uh, an impact in, in terms of home buying as well as, you know, kind of all asset-backed finance. Uh, you know, the, the vehicle and asset finance space is, is also being impacted. So, you know, we're not tone deaf to it. The market's not tone deaf to it. And our shareholders are not tone deaf to it. But I think also is, you know, we take this time to kind of rebuild and, and look at creating internal efficiencies and optimization, uh, looking at refactoring of our code and, and, and kind of driving our cloud readiness program within the organization. So um, it's not quiet. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on, uh, you know, albeit in a, in a largely depressed home buying space. Mm, but you clearly will be ready when the market does turn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's really as a business what we're focusing on and what we're pushing in the organization is to say, you know, it is cyclical. We, we've seen this before. Um, and really my job is to ensure that the organization is best positioned that when the market does turn, and it will, uh, that we're ready to take advantage of those tailwinds. We were talking about clients a moment ago. Um, what are some of the trends you're seeing on the client side and how are they leveraging your solutions to, to add value to their business? So, um, you know, I think particularly on the lender's side, they're, they're starting to feel the pressure. You know, as I mentioned earlier, non-performing loans are starting to become a concern. Mm. Uh, there was a huge amount of credit uh, written during the pandemic. You know, interest rates were at an all-time low. Credit was really affordable. And the South African economy and the South African consumers in particular are credit hungry. You know, they always have been. The level of indebtedness has increased substantially uh, over the last three years. So, you know, I, I think for us as an organization, you know, we we are cognizant of that. And, uh, you know, our strategic partners, being the banks by and large, are absolutely feeling this as well. Um, you know, I, I think there's an element of nervousness to a certain extent around the impact of affordability and, and what that could mean for non-performing loans which means extension of new credit um, is relatively conservative, um, particularly when you view it in context of what we've seen over the last 36 months. So, you know, for us, really, our role at the moment and in terms of where we're adding value for, for our clients is to look at areas of friction, as I mentioned earlier, looking at optimizing their existing processes, uh, looking at where there are, are kind of bottlenecks in their ecosystems, because ultimately our role as, as digital enablers in, in the home buying ecosystem is to reduce the period of time from when a consumer identifies the property that they, they want to acquire to them getting the keys to the property. Ultimately, that is our role is to yeah. try and decrease the amount of time um, for a home buyer to, to move into their what is the biggest purchase that they would probably make in their lives. So – I mean, you've spoken about kind of the general trends you're seeing in the industry. We're talking about some of the trends of the clients as well, you know, and, and how is your company evolving to, to, to meet those needs? And, you know, have you got new initiatives, new developments? You spoke a little bit about it at the beginning. Yeah, very much so. You know, I mean, as a, as a tech business, we're never sitting, sitting still. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's an ever-evolving world. Uh, you know, I think for us is, you know, we've been in the property space now for 20 years and, you know, we, we're very fluent in terms of what the industry challenges are. We, we understand where we add value. Um, and I think for us, uh, a key focus for us at the moment is, is looking at the capabilities that we've developed within the organization and looking at how we repurpose and repackage those. So a lot of the, the products and the capabilities and the solutions that we've created 
can provide a huge amount of value in adjacent industries. So things like vehicle and asset finance, things like insurance and medical industry as well. Um, so we, we're looking to unlock opportunities there. Um, as I say, in, you know, we're very disciplined around how we expand. Uh, we, um, we do a lot of our research beforehand. And, and as I say, as, as a discipline within the organization, we build what we sell. We are not in the movie of building the next shiny thing. Mm. Uh, we proactively go out and engage with target segments. We understand industry challenges. We articulate the value proposition. So ultimately, as we have um, a warm partner who's, who's ultimately looking to work with us to remove friction in their ecosystem. So that, you know, when we look over the next three to five years, that's going to be a key focus of the business. Um, is looking at some of the the initiatives and some of the the value creation that we've been very successful with in the property space to look at looking to implement those into some of the natural adjacencies, particularly in the retail banking space as well. Yeah, um, I, I, you've spoken about the kind of benefits that that customers do get, but just share a little bit about you know are they saving money? Are they saving time? You know what what's the benefit to the end client? What's the benefit to your clients? Yeah. So, look, it is multifaceted. Um, you know, as I've just mentioned, you know, a key part of our role is to shorten the lead times of conversion uh, from asset identification to asset ownership. Um, so, you know, that has a benefit for all stakeholders in the ecosystem. So, from a lender's perspective, obviously, the quicker uh, that bond is registered at the deeds office, the quicker they're able to deploy the cash and ultimately they get into a revenue generating cycle. For the consumer, ultimately, is uh, you know they want to shorten the amount of time from identifying the the asset purchase to, mm. to actually moving in um, and having that asset you know under their control. So for us, really, is is you know our value creation is multifaceted. So we we look at removing areas of friction that are kind of barriers in terms of that lead time. Uh, we look at optimization and automation. So using digital technologies to automate what historically would have been very manual or people driven exercises, uh, you know, examples being document checking uh, for those of us that are, that have been fortunate enough to purchase property historically it's been a very paper intensive kind of process you know you've got to submit three months of bank statements and there's all sorts of documentation that you submit and historically the banks would have teams of people uh, often close to a hundred individuals that their sole job was to check documentation and quite often it is just verifying against additional documents that consumers have submitted so you know we one of our more recent initiatives uh, we've you know, effectively leverage robotics uh, to take that human element out where there is consistent document creation and generation, which we facilitate for the banks. Um, so where we have the single source of truth, the obvious next step in the next iteration was to remove the risk of, of kind of human oversight and human error mm. by using robotics to check that data and, and effectively verify and validate that the information that's been provided is correct, which in turn obviously shortens lead times, turnaround times, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we, we, we touch a myriad of different parts um, in that home buying ecosystem. And ultimately, each of our touch points are there to remove friction. Mm. Um you clearly have become a digital enablement partner for a lot of your clients. Yeah. Uh, how are you assisting them in their own digital journey? That's been a very interesting one for us. Um, you know, obviously the 
our digital kind of focus and you know this digital transformation <clears throat> was was a drop word for us before it was a drop word mm-hmm. um and you know kind of we were doing it without it necessarily being labeled you know 10 or 15 years ago um but you know with the and and a, and a great example for us and, and a great win for us i think is and and where we've been able to to really show our digital power and and the the digital toolkits that we as an organization have been able to create. So with the advent of the papaya um, legislation, yes. um, obviously with us being a very data intensive business, uh, it was a very large, broad task for us. And, you know, we, we had to upscale and upskill very quickly within the organization. Uh, but on the back of that um, and the successes that we had in terms of our own internal papaya project um, we in turn actually delivered papaya projects for blue chip organizations out in the market outside of our traditional wheelhouse um, you know one of the biggest FMCG organizations we ran their papaya compliance project for them so yeah. you know yeah. we've we've given ourselves permission to be many things to many people uh, leveraging some of the capabilities that we've built within the organization over the last 20 years yeah um in a lot of these organizations that are your your clients have you become almost a part of their internal Absolutely. processes and internal teams Absolutely, Jodev. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, is we pride ourselves in being viewed as strategic partners. Mm. Um, and really, we, we develop um, and we partner with, with most of our clients on a number of different fronts. Um, you know, as I say, we, we have this discipline of building what we sell. And in order to do that is you've got to have a very clear understanding around what your client's business challenges are. So we spend a lot of time in our client's domain, understanding some of the frustrations and challenges they have, both within our existing playground, but also within adjacent playgrounds. And I mentioned things like asset finance. So, um, you know, a number of core banking projects, uh, project rewrites, um, you know, looking at where, where the banks in particular are looking to refresh or reinvigorate some of their core internal functionality and capabilities. We really are seen as strategic partners and we definitely assist um, our banking clients in a lot of their core internal projects as well. It's not only them consuming uh, capabilities and, and solutions from E4. It's also looking at some of the, the E4 IP and knowledge base um, that we've built up over the last 20 years and leveraging that within the bank's environment to allow them to expedite project delivery, uh, allow them to create efficiencies and, and ultimately you know, looking to E4 as thought leaders around things like architecture and infrastructure as well. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a really neat way where you, you, you're very good in a particular area but you can see very close in adjacent areas that could use your expertise and and almost naturally move into those areas. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we've been so instrumental in building out some of the core plumbing, uh, Mm. you know, in in the retail banks in South Africa over the last 20 years that we really do have intricate knowledge around how a myriad of of the bank's core platforms work. So, you know, we really are seen as thought leaders and business partners for the banks, um, and they do lean on us um, quite substantially to assist them uh, to ensure that uh, they minimise the school fees that they pay on a number of the internal projects as well. And, and I think it adds a lot of value to them as well. It, 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 it's a quicker way of solving their problems than going to find somebody completely new that may be experts in a particular area but don't understand the the full value chain of the business. Absolutely. And, and, you know, ultimately banks are financial services experts, you know, they're Mm. not necessarily technology experts, although many of them would, would, 
beg Clint to differ with me. Um, you know, but I, I think you what we have seen over the last, particularly the last five to seven years, is uh, a broader understanding and appreciation that that partnering with industry experts um, in certain areas of digital transformation absolutely delivers faster and better results for the organization mm. and the enterprise in total. So, you know, we, we've been very fortunate um, that our partners, you know, do look to us uh, to assist them in a lot of their core initiatives. Um, and we've got some some really great white papers on the back of that as well. So, yeah, we're very proud of what the team have done. Yeah, um, you've clearly built a, a fantastic legacy over the last 20 years, Um so going forward, and I think you've articulated a number of approaches and strategies, spoken about the plans going forward. Um, anything over and above that in terms of how do you keep yourself the leader over the next five to ten years? Look, that's the crystal ball question, isn't it? Um, and, and, you know, I, th- I think for us as an organization, I think what we've realized is that we, we're operating in a very agile, very nimble environment. Mm. Um, you know, technology is, is accelerating and, and uh, you know, the nature of technology advances is faster now than it's ever been. Um, so, you know, it's, it's for us as, you know, we get asked this question quite often. Uh, you know, and I think for us is a key part of how we remain relevant is, is maintaining the strategic partner label and narrative. Okay. You know, I think for us is, is understanding where our clients are going, where they want to get to and how they want to get there is critical for us. You know, coming back to this point of building what we sell is, you know, we work with our clients to understand the challenges that are coming uh, their way and the headwinds that are coming their way. Um, we obviously continue through our R&D function to, to look at next generation technologies, to look at, um, you know, opportunities that are coming down the pipeline, new ways of doing things, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and, and what that means for the industry at large, blockchain and smart contracting, what that means for the industry at large. You know, these are all initiatives and, and technology themes that we as an organization are saying very, very close to. We obviously look to embed them in our core service offerings, you know, as and when they fit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think for us is uh, when we look to the next three to five years, obviously the the international expansion is, is a very interesting one for us and a really exciting opportunity for us. Um, it's also allowed us to to look at rebuilding some of our core functionality and core capabilities. So, you know, this is not the E4 business lifting and shifting our core technologies. We're actually taking the opportunity to build fit-for-purpose solutions uh, mm-hmm. for the international markets, which we're building out of our Mauritian entity, um, as well as uh, on the ground in the UK. So, so we're really excited around effectively what a version 2.0 looks like. Uh, we want to build one and use many. So we have aspirations of, of becoming kind of multi-geography. Um, so we, we have identified opportunities in, in other European um, and other international markets as well. But you know, as I say, we're very disciplined around how we want to grow. So we want to prove our relevance and, yeah. and earn our stripes in the UK market. Uh, as I say, we're looking to launch at the back end of this year to go into to full production the early part of next year and, and really excited around what those proof points mean for us and, and uh, you know, both in terms of our existing enterprise, but also in terms of a, a broader international strategy. Mm. Yeah, I was going to talk about the expansion, but you've you've touched on it already. I think I think that's great. Um, any final or closing comments you'd like to share before we we end today? No, Jadev, I think uh, you know for us is it's uh, the last twelve to eighteen months have been very tough. Uh, you know, I think for the industry as a 
as a whole, it's been very, very tough. You know, we, we're not unique in this, um, whether that be geographically or from an industry perspective. Um, but we continue to fight the good fight. Uh, you know, as yeah. an organization, we're, we're in a great place. We, we've got a great shed of share, uh, shareholders sitting alongside us who are, are very, very supportive of our strategy. Um, and as an organization, we continue to be very disciplined around how we execute and, and how we continue to, to add value for our clients. And um, yeah, really, really looking forward to, to hopefully a, a shift from the headwind to the tailwind. Um, but rest assured, E4 as an organization will be very well positioned when that market it does turn. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think just last last word from me, um, I think you're very well positioned. You know, you've you've done all the right things, it seems, to enable yourself for a, a further growth trajectory. So wish you all the best and thank you very much. JDF, thanks very much. I really appreciate yeah. it.